Hey friends, welcome into a fresh episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations. I know it's been a while since we did one of these, but the World of Outlaws are headed out to California, so I wanted to talk to somebody that's kind of embedded in the California sprint car scene, get you ready for the racing this weekend, uh, and also talk about the California sprint car scene in general, the 410 stuff with NARC, sprint car challenge tour 360 stuff, new drivers, who we should be paying attention to for championships this year. Uh, so I got on the line with Alex Neaton. He writes for Speed Sport and Sprint Car Midget Magazine. He also does PR work for the NARC series. Uh, about 35, 40-minute conversation here. We cover all sorts of things, outlaws, and basically anything sprint car racing in California you can think of. We talked about it. So enjoy this episode with Alex Neaton. Alex, you are like super tied into the sprint car scene out in California. You write for Sprint Car Midget Magazine and Speed Sport. You do stuff with the NARC King of the West series. Um, and I want to kind of start with the the kind of news of, of that's coming up here in the next couple of days is, is the Word of Outlaws coming to California. First springtime trip they've had to California in, in two years and, and the first time they've been to the Tulare Thunderbolt in a couple of years. And I know you're going, um, but as a guy that's as tied into the sprint car community as you are, how excited are you? How excited is the community out there to finally get the outlaws out, you know, this time of year, very traditional and, and to get the outlaws to some of these racetracks? Yeah, very excited. I think the thing we're, we're most excited about is the fact that uh, Tulare has has a pretty good forecast for this weekend. A lot of times we <laughs> we get these shows rained out, but obviously, you know, we got the outlaws back out here in the uh, fall last year for the first time in a while. But you know, these are obviously going to be some different tracks than they were at, you know, Tulare is one of the most exciting tracks, you know, not only in the West Coast, and but on the in the entire country. And, you know, in our area here, we have, I think, one of the better like locals versus the outlaws kind of rivalries, you know, maybe only second to kind of Pennsylvania with how that gets hyped up. So, you know, with just uh, kind of the, the tire rule changing over, I've talked to some guys, you know, that makes them a little bit more excited uh, to face the outlaws that, since it kind of evens things out a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of locals, I think, hungry to uh, to battle with the best again. What are you kind of thinking in terms of car count? Obviously, the Outlaws are going to be bringing 14, 15 guys. We know, you know, Gio Selzy and Rico and, and Larson and Sunshine. But how many of those local guys do you think are going to jump in and be a part of this deal? Yeah, so I was actually talking with someone about that at Chico this past weekend. And the best we could come up with, you know, kind of a wider range somewhere between 25 to 35, maybe, maybe closer down to 30. Um, Cause like you said, you know, we got a lot of those guys who um, or a handful of those guys who don't necessarily fit into either the, uh, the full-time outlaw or California local that are going to be there. Like you said, Rico, um, Gio, Larson, it sounds like is going to be there at least one night. And then uh, sunshine, obviously kind of the, uh, the cool surprise that everyone's been finding out about here recently. So, and then on the local side, you know, if you're looking for some of the entries, I, I know Mitchell Facinto and the Tarleton team are going to be there. Um, Dominic Selzy will obviously be there. You know, he pretty much owned Tulare last year for a while. Um, Chase Johnson um, is going to get his 410 race season started in his uh, 24 car. And um, I believe Tanner Carrick is going to be there. I'm not 100% sure about Blake Carrick, but a lot of times those two will race together. But I was talking to uh, to David Carrick, their father, last weekend at Chico, and um, sounds like they were planning to be there with at least Tanner because they're trying to focus a little bit more on 410 stuff this year as well. Uh, when you kind of look around this this list of drivers, and and you know we're we're gonna probably be fairly heavy in terms of favorites, at, you know, looking at guys like Brad Sweet. Um, and Larson and stuff being there. But, you know, when you look around that local crowd, who who are those guys that you think have like a real legitimate shot of 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 maybe a win, you know, maybe running top five here in the next two nights? 
Yeah, you know, on the local side, you know, obviously Tulare is not a huge track, but it's bigger for most California ones, which our guys haven't necessarily always done the best at those. They typically are, are more favorites for those upsets and like kind of like the more bullring style ones. But for Tulare, I mean, I would think like on the local side, the you know, you got to look at Dominic right away. Um, the first six, I think it was 410 and 360 wing sprint car events last year were won by him, um, <laughs> including two, I think, full night sweeps, the Peter Murphy Classic back in May. Um, he won the 360 Kings of Thunder race and then won the NARC race um, as well. And then uh, in July, we had another NARC race there that was supported with 360 sprints, and he won both of those. So I know Trophy Cup didn't go exactly how he would have wanted it, um, but, you know, still, I mean, probably the best driver there last year. And then um, uh, also, I mean, Mitchell Facinto, you know, I think his best outlaw finish so far is eighth, but, you know, he's obviously been pretty stout in the Tarleton car to start so far. Um, I think he was sixth at Hanford in the debut and then obviously won last weekend at Chico in the uh, Silver Cup finale. And um, he gets around to Larry pretty well. He's got a few 360 wins in the last few years, got a trophy cup prelim win in there. Um, but that was all in Stan, Breen, Stan Greenberg's car. Um, so, you know, and then obviously the Tarleton car speaks for itself. One of the most <laughs> potent machines on the West Coast. And he's with uh, crew chief uh, Drew Warner again. And they seem to, you know, have a pretty good dynamic. And then another one as well, um, as far as the local favorites, Shane Golubic. You know, he's he's so versatile. I mean, he's a favorite at any dirt track in California, no matter who he's racing against. So, he doesn't actually have a ton of wins at Tulare. You know, funny enough, I was actually talking to him about this last year. He won the Trophy Cup in 2016 and 2017, which you obviously went on points, but he didn't actually have a feature win there until he won the Peter Murphy Classic in 2018. So, <laughs> but, you know, he's super consistent there, just like he is at all tracks. And I mean, you know, he's been, I'm not exactly sure how many years he's been in that Matt Wood right now, but obviously they've got some longevity going. And I mean, he gets around there pretty well as well. Uh, I, I'm curious about some of the kind of new driver team combinations too. Uh, you know, as we're kind of talking about this, you mentioned Facino with Tarleton and, and obviously Drew. Drew's a guy that I've talked to before on this show. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that's a, a potent combination. Like you mentioned, Drew has a ton of experience across the country. But what other guys, when you kind of look around California, have new rides or are in new opportunities this year? Well, so Justin Sanders is obviously a big one. You know, last year um, picked up 21 wins in a few different rides, you know, um, and he has, uh, at the very end of last year, when he went down to Arizona, he got in the, uh, the Mitri racing machine, that number two um, that you've probably seen him in these past couple of weekends. He obviously won the opening night of Silver Cup. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a new combination to definitely, to definitely watch out for. I mean, obviously, I already picked up a win, and Justin's good at all, you know, getting better at, at a lot of the bigger tracks in California and just devastating on the bull ranks. You know, he won nine races at Ocean Speedway last year, so they're, they're going to be a threat. Sounds like they've got a decent schedule lined up. Um, just trying to think. Oh, and then obviously uh, one guy we haven't mentioned yet on the local side because age restrictions will not allow him to run with the outlaws this month is Joel Myers Jr. Um, getting in the uh, Vertulo Motorsports car, the uh, kind of the iconic 83V, you know, that Larson and Sweet and guys like them and Gurney as well raced when they were a little bit younger out here. Um, he's getting in that car. I know they were I think they battled some gremlins in these first couple weekends out, but, you know, I'm sure with Dave and that whole crew, they'll get it figured out. Um, you know, last year in just his second NARC start um, ever, it was in his family car. He got a podium at Petaluma. So, you know, he's, uh, 
I mean, obviously one of those younger guys that's, uh, that's rising up very quick, like you see in California. Um, just trying to think, oh, and then one other one, um, you know, actually just did a story on Michael Facento, um, Mitchell's brother getting in the, uh, the Mike Fulps 56. Um, my, uh, Michael has very limited, uh, 410 experience. You know, obviously he's won everything there is to win in micros and, you know, won a lot in the midgets as well. Um, but he's getting in the, uh, the 410 sprint car mostly for Mike Fulps this year. They're going to run the whole uh, NARC tour as the plan. And then I think some outwall shows maybe in the fall as well is potentially their plan. I'm not 100% sure on that, but, you know, that's a new one. They did get one start together last year um, with NARC at Hanford. Yeah, unfortunately, ended in a crash in a feature just kind of on a wild restart. But talking to Michael, he acted like he gelled pretty quickly with the team. So there'll be another interesting one to watch this year. Uh, you mentioned Joel Myers Jr. there not being old enough. One driver that is old enough is Corey Day, and, and I'm curious <laughs> what your thoughts are on Corey. I, I am super high on him. I think he's definitely one of the the really important talents, I think, around the country to pay attention to. But who's he driving for this weekend, and, and what do you think his chances are against the Outlaws? Um, I believe he's driving in the Myers 14. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe that's going to be the case. I haven't actually talked to him. Um, he was at Hanford a couple weeks ago, but I didn't get a chance to speak with him at all. But that was the car he was in at Hanford. Obviously, like you said, last year when he kind of really rose up, that was the uh, the car he started out in Arizona and kind of burst on the scene when everyone was watching that Wild Wings shootout. And he had a great heat race with Donnie Schatz there that he came out on top of. And then, uh, yeah, he won a couple NARC races in that car, um, ran Trophy Cup um, in that car, and I think finished fourth in points, if I remember off the top of my head, was just super consistent in it. So, you know, I mean, like you said, he's absolutely one to watch. Chili Bowl Nationals Rookie of the Year this year, uh, won in what was it, like his fifth USAC midget race last year out at Circle City. So, yeah, I mean, he he burst onto the scene last year in a big way, and I I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he kind of adds another layer to that with a, with an impressive outlaws run. Well, and you, you mentioned Myers in there and the Myers you mentioned is Jason Myers, who, who obviously right. is a two-time world of outlaws champion. Uh, how Im- involved is he uh, these days kind of in the, in the sprint car scene out there with kind of working with Corey and, and uh, you know, is he somebody you see around a lot? So I'm not hundred percent sure on his role. I mean, I, I do think he plays a pretty close hands-on role. You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that actually, because, Last year, after um, Corey won at Hanford um, for his first NARC win, um, you know, I was talking to him a little bit afterwards, and he said Jason was pretty much at every race helping out, but he couldn't make it to that one, so he missed out on Corey's first win. So, so Corey was a little extra motivated to get another one, and he was there helping out at uh, Stockton at the end of the season when Corey won the uh, the NARC finale there um, at at, uh, at Stockton. So, it sounds like he plays a pretty close role, but again, not a hundred percent sure on that. I talked to Corey every now and then. Um, I actually haven't personally talked to Jason before, but like I said, just based on my brief conversations with Corey, it does sound like he, he is, you know, pretty close and hands-on just unfortunately not there for that, for that first NARC win, first 410 win for Corey. <laughs> uh, well, one of the new combinations we are going to have this year, and we we've already seen them. In, I think just the once um, is Kerry Madsen in, in that Roth car with the oh, yeah. horsepower and, and, <laughs> I think you were at Hanford a couple of weeks ago when, when he ran second there to, to Carson Macedo in the Tarleton car, but it, what's it going to be like kind of not having that car around California this year? Like I know they're going to run some stuff, but they're obviously going to run a, a fairly sizable national schedule as well as they kind of develop that car. But is it going to be weird not kind of having a full-time Roth car out there all the time? 
Yeah, I guess in a sense, it would be weird to not have him full time. Actually, you might be kind of surprised to learn. I was talking to Paul Baines, you know, their crew chief um, the other day, um, actually that night at Hanford. And um, he was actually saying they had a decent slate of NARC races out here. Okay. So it, it sounds like they're going to be pretty busy traveling. You know, obviously schedules are subject to change, but it sounds like we might see a decent amount of carry. And Paul, you know, obviously Paul Baines, you know, he's been out here for a while. He's got an extensive notebook on all the uh, the California tracks. So, I mean, I think they're, they're going to be super tough to beat when they are out here. And then, I mean, tough to beat when they go anywhere. You know, Kerry Madsen's one of the best ever strapping a sprint car. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be strange in the sense, you know, we might not necessarily see the Roth trailer roll in at every big race out here. Um, you know, because obviously that, you know, one of the, obviously, you when you think of a car with California, the Roth one is right there at the top of the list. So, you know, and just with all they've done across the entire country as well in sprint car racing. So I think we'll see a little bit more than him than some might expect, you know, hopefully, like I said, as long as their schedule stays similar. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely excited to see him out here. Obviously, like you said, that first night out ran second to, um, you know, one of the current best in a sprint car with Carson Macedo and uh, even I think got to let a lap in there. So hasn't taken them very much time to, uh, to get it figured out. Uh, the Outlaws, obviously, at Tulare this weekend, and then we've got stops at Merced, Ocean, Bakersfield, and Paris before they kind of head back east again. How many of those shows are going to be? Are you going to be able to get to? I'll be at Merced and Ocean um, next weekend. I will not be able to make it to Bakersfield and Paris, unfortunately. Um, but you know, next weekend I'm really looking forward to with uh, with a couple of bull rings. You know, that's like kind of the track that when you think of uh, the stereotypical, well, maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but just just kind of the, the quintessential California track, I guess, you know, is a, is a bull ring. Um, you know, I think this time of year too, when it's a little bit cooler and still not super hot, hopefully it'll help out with the, uh, with the tracks. And I mean, I don't think the outlaws have been to Merced since 2014 ocean, uh, out there in Watsonville, it's been a little bit more recent. Um, but I'm not exactly sure how long it's been, but like I said, a couple of bull rings, you know, uh, with the outlaws versus our locals should make for a pretty fun weekend. Yeah, that Merced show is one I'm interested. I I know Doug Lockwood a little bit from his time from working with the Outlaws, and and I know he's been working for a long time to be able to kind of have this show. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to to see them finally be able to get the Outlaws to come through there. Um, I know you're right. tied in pretty heavily with with Narc, and and you do a lot of PR work for them and stuff. What are you uh, What are you excited for this season with 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 that series? And and can anybody challenge Dominic Selzy here for the championship? Well, I mean, it's probably a shorter answer of what am I not excited for because we've got we've got a lot of uh, I think pretty awesome races lined up this year. Um, you know, we, first off, I mean, we're starting off the year at Stockton with a six thousand to win race with the uh, the third Asparagus Cup. You know, Stockton is a uh, is a pretty awesome facility. Then we go right in uh, the next week to the uh, second Anthony Simone Classic. Um, that's going to be an eleven thousand to win race. Um, then, you know, we'll be heading up to Chico at the end of the month for the uh, for our first race there under the new SLC promotions. And then, I mean, May and June, it's going to be pretty nonstop for us. Um, the Peter Murphy Classic, uh, we're going to actually be us and the Sprint Car Challenge Tour will be uh, racing in both nights of it. Uh, the first night's over at Tulare and then the finale is at uh, Colorado Speedway over in Hanford this year. Obviously, the track Peter Murphy promotes um, out here. And then the next weekend we're at Petaluma and then the following week, uh, we get to, we get to return to the Northern area, you know, your area up there yeah. in Oregon, that, that first race is going to be 
Medford, Southern Oregon Speedway over Memorial Day weekend there. It's um, the fastest four days in motorsports, you know, is kind of the event we're calling it that took place in California last year, but we're moving it up there. We'll be one night at, uh, at Southern Oregon Speedway, like I was saying, then the next night we're moving up to Willamette. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've, yep, you are. I, I've heard they can be critical up there if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final two nights there, um, is, uh, at, uh, Grace Harbor up in Elma, Washington. And that, uh, you know, like I said, over Memorial day weekend. So that last race will be the same day as the Indy 500. I think they're kind of calling it a salute to Indy as well with that in the title. Um, and then June, you know, we've got a weekend, the Pombo Sergeant Classic and the Dave Bradway Jr. Memorial. Um, that's at Ocean Speedway for the Pombo. And then the Bradway is at Placerville. Obviously, this will be the second year since the Bradway has made the move over to Placerville after being at Chico for so long. And then, um, yeah, then the next weekend, we, <laughs> we start heading back up north again. The Road to Dirt Cup starts at Chico, uh, goes to quite the long haul up to Cottage Grove that next night for us. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to be taking part, I think, in the uh, the Dirt Cup up there. 50, Which is a 410 event uh, now. Yeah, back to being 410s after uh, a little a little break there as a 360 race. Um, so Dirt Cup, and then, you know, I'm kind of rambling here about the schedule. I don't. I, don't I can't believe you know here. all this off the top of your head. I would never <laughs> well, remember the schedule like this. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited, you know. <laughs> Especially, I mean, May, like I said, all these races in May and June, we have seven races in each month, you know, for a regional series like us is a pretty heavy slate, especially making those two trips up to Oregon and Washington. So it's going to be a busy time for teams and, you know, hopefully, hopefully fans who, who, you know, can travel to a lot of those races. Um, you know, second half of the year, the schedule kind of spreads out a little bit more. There's not as much racing in uh, a compact area. You know, one race we're really looking forward to, um, that's going to be a new one this year is the, uh, the Dennis Roth classic, um, down at Tulare. I think, um, as long as everything stays as planned, it's going to be like an 8,300 to win and an eight, eight, $830 to start race is kind of a, a tip of the cap to, to that iconic car. So, um, but there's, you know, a handful of other races spread out there through the fall. And then, um, as far as your question on Dominic, I mean, you know, he's got Jimmy Carr back, which, like if you heard any of his victory lane interviews last year, he was quick to compliment Jimmy, you know, and, and the uh, massive impact he made on that team. So, you know, it's going to be tough, but with Mitchell, I mean, in Tarleton, you know, Mitchell's got three career narc wins, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, double that, if not more this year and kind of challenge for the title. Like we talked about with him and drew, they've got a good connection. Um, Tim Kading, you know, somehow we've, We've gone this far in a conversation. Yeah, we haven't talked about the Katings. And we haven't <laughs> talked about Tim Katings. So, so uh, Tim Katings back in the Bates Hamilton racing machine. Um, they uh, got their race season started this past weekend. Unfortunately, they're not going to be at Tulare, but they do plan on being at Merced and Ocean next weekend. Um, but, you know, last year they were third in points, missed second by just a point. And I mean, you know, with sprint car racing, it seems like longevity is, uh, is you know, getting more and more important in their I think this is going to be their fifth year together as a team. I think TK went over there in 2018 and their third year kind of more focusing on 410 stuff. Um, obviously their first year with 2020 focusing on 410, they didn't get to do much 410 racing out here in California, but you know, I mean, you look for them to get better. They got a couple wins last year. Uh, Bud Kading in the 69 car, you know, he's a, uh, 
He's got an arc championship. And I mean, he started out the year last year, like on fire. It was like top fives in like the first five races. And then they fell up just a little bit, but you know, I mean, as talented of of a driver as he is and in that 69 car, you know, he's always a threat to be up front. Um, and then as far as other championship contenders, you know, I, I know I'm probably leaving someone out on here as we've just got such a, such a good crop of drivers, you know? Um, but I, I think those guys I listed would probably be, probably be big challenges to, to Dominic, you know, especially TK and Facinto. you know, I mean, I expect Facinto and Tarleton to keep gelling and Tim Kading, you know, again, one of those guys who's the best to ever drive a sprint car and we're just lucky to have seen him we're lucky that he's running so much in california again these days and you know i mean he's just he's just tk that's that's all that needs to be said <laughs> yeah for sure there there was a little bit of chatter here in the last week about kind of the 410 scene out there in california you know we saw jeremy elliott you know talk about it on his podcast and and write about it and you know the the kind of questions have been coming up with you know with um Kevin Rudeen and, and Peter Murphy taking over at Skagit and, and then wanting to build up 410 racing and, and kind of from where you sit, where do you think kind of the, the situation is the, the health of 410 racing right now in California? I know, you know, a lot of people were talking about it when they only had 14, 15 cars show up to Hanford here a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I, I don't think that that's all that surprising, but it seems like some other people did, but from, from where you sit, where do you, where do you think kind of the state of 410 racing is right now in California? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's trending in the right direction, you know. I mean, I listened to your show um, shortly after that Hanford race, and I think you you hit on a key point there, which was patience, you know, mm. because I mean, you can't just fix something like that overnight, you know. You can't just you can't just build it back up immediately. And of course, like the the car count at Hanford might have been a little bit disappointing, but like you pointed out as well in that show, it was super early in the year. Some guys weren't necessarily ready. You know, one guy I've also haven't mentioned yet in this, uh, in this uh, show is um, Willie Croft. I was talking to him at Chico and, you know, he was one of those I was talking to this weekend. They just, they weren't quite ready to get going for the year. You know, it was a little bit early. Um, so, you know, like you said, I think it's going to be require a little bit of a patience. It, it was kind of a bummer that it, it stirred up some, some drama. So, so early in sprint car season, but I'm just hoping as we, we get, you know, more, going along this year hopefully car counts start heading in the right direction and we can be more a little optimistic about it and put that behind you know and even just thinking about it from uh, from a different perspective you know while the car count was disappointing i mean for a show in february where in california despite what people might think it's still not very warm out yeah. here that place had a really good crowd you know i mean i was i was blown away by it for it being that early in the year and i think it's a testament to to what Peter has done. And that, that was kind of a bummer. You know, it seemed like in the, uh, the national scope, um, Colorado Speedway was kind of getting a lot of criticism and, um, you know, I just, Peter just puts in so much work there, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't hardly get in a word with the guy cause he's running a million miles per hour the whole time there, you know, working on the next thing he can do to, to improve his facility and just kind of improve the state of 410 racing. And I think they're, you know, he kind of spearheads a lot of these efforts, but I think there are other guys like him, you know, even my boss with uh, NARC, Jim Allen, you know, guys that, that want to be a, a genuine, you know, a part of genuinely helping get it back to where it goes. So, I mean, like, like we've talked about, I think it re- will require a little patience. You know, we're seeing a few, few more guys um, pen- penciling in some more 410 races than maybe years past, you know, like we got Justin Cox, you know, just unfortunately he's got a, 
weight on his uh, 410 motors, I think, but we're going to be seeing him a little bit more. I'm not even sure that he got to run an arc race last year. They were pretty focused on the Sprint Car Challenge Tour. Um, I know Chase Johnson's going to be running some more NARC races. I, I think Colby Copeland and Larry Antea's car, and we already talked about Justin Sanders and the, uh, you know, those Mitri cars. I, I don't think they did much 410 stuff last year. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, that it's a positive direction. And yeah, just like I said, just unfortunate that there was that drama so early in the year. But just, just in general, like we've talked about, it's going to require patience, but I think it's headed in the right direction. Uh, you've mentioned Chico a few times, and and I've talked about that on my show with with Brad and and Larson and and Copeland kind of taking over the promotion there. Uh, were you at mm -hmm. that show? What, what was that last week? And, and, and do you notice any kind of changes already to that place? Um, it seems like they're definitely upgrading the. You know, I, I was over in the pit area most of the time, um, but it seems like you know they they've revamped like the concession area. You know, they've got like. Uh, for for the concession, it's like Larson Lane, Copeland's Corner, yes. and uh, and I, I can't remember the one for Sweets right now. But they've kind of upped things over there, and uh, just with some different lighting fixtures and stuff. Um, you know, they they post a lot. They're really active now on their uh, their Twitter account, kind of keeping people up to date on the improvements they're making. So um, I wasn't necessarily having that much of a, an eye on it. I was I was watching the track so much just because we got dumped on <laughs> there. Yeah. As soon as I rolled into she, I. It takes me three hours to get up there and um, it didn't rain the entire drive until I pulled into Chico. So, and the, the skies opened up. So just kind of keeping an eye on the actual track surface there, but yeah, I mean, it seems like already they're making improvements, you know, working on it before they even had their first race. Um, and it sounds like they're going to continue to make those improvements and then kind of seems like one of their major goals is kind of rejuvenating the, uh, the gold cup as well. So yeah, I mean, it seems like that place is uh, is in good hands now. I mean, Colby, Colby was there, kind of looking like I was just saying, like Peter does at Hanford, where he was, you know, all over the place, you know, helping out wherever he could and, and doing an awesome job. Nice. Uh, I want to ask you too about kind of the 360 stuff. You know, you know, Sprinkler Challenge Tour is obviously kind of the the main series out there, and but you know, there's 360 racing all over the state. You know, you go north to, mm -hmm. to Marysville and and weekly racing all over the place, but you know, where are you kind of at right now and what you think of the state of 360 stuff and, and, you know, who, who is, a you know, kind of going to challenge for the championship with the, the challenge tour this year. I know Ryan Robinson won it last year. Is, is he going to be kind of the favorite to win it again? Yeah, admittedly, you know, I probably should have talked to Gary Thomas a little bit more about this last week, but I'm not entirely sure of who's all shaping up on their regular roster. Um, like you said, Ryan Robinson won it last year. Uh, the first guy not named Kyle Hurst to win it in that, yeah. in that series, uh, young history, but I mean, he was just super consistent, you know, and I mean, I think he continues to develop as a, as a sprint car driver. So, you know, I mean, just off the top of my head, I, like I said, with not really knowing who all is going to be running the series full time, I would think, you know, as the defending champion kind of stands out as a favorite. Um, and then just the general state, you know, the 360 stuff is still pretty healthy. You know, we got a few tracks out here that run uh, weekly shows, you know, there's a handful of big shows we've got. Chico's got some with the fall nationals. Um, there's going to be the North Cal Posse shootout up at Placerville um, in uh, September. And then obviously the, uh, the big one is trophy cup. So, you know, I mean, I think it's still, you know, still in a really good place. And then, like you said, up North, um, I'm not entirely familiar with that scene up there. Like you said, it, I know it's mostly 360 stuff these mm -hmm. days. Um, the fortunate thing for us, I have heard some guys are trying to look in a little bit more to 410 stuff since we're going to be going up there twice 
the Dirt Cup is as big as it's going to be with four tens, and then obviously the Outlaws still go up there as well. So, um, yeah, I mean the uh, the 360 stuff it continues to to roll along. I think I think as a matter of fact, too, um, Placerville gets their weekly uh, points division going next weekend. Well, I'm going to let you go here pretty quick, but I, I'm going to nail you down. I'm, 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 I want to know who your picks are for this weekend. Who, who you got winning with the Outlaws Friday and Saturday? Oh night. man, come Trapping on, me, huh? Come on. <laughs> oh man, well, I'm tempted to go with the the home home field bias, but it's so hard to pick against the Outlaws. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Friday. Brad Sweets yet to win an Outlaw race at Tulare, so I think Brad gets one and. I'm going to put the pressure on Dominic. He's got to okay. win Saturday I like to get it. his first outlaw win. Yeah, you, you just wanted me to pick a local guy, I think, there. <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, where can people keep up with you? Where can they find you? Where can they see your writing and all of those things? Um, so, I mean, I'm fairly active on Twitter. Um, you know, it's just at Alex Deaton. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, on, on the NARC website, most everything that pops up on there is from me. Uh, Jib, my boss, still does some. Like I said, officially, I'm the public relations assistant, um, so he still handles some certain things like sponsor press releases and stuff like that. But any any post race story, pre race press release, um, you know, we have a little section on there called Pit Personalities, where we kind of go in depth with some of our drivers. Um, those are all of my stories on there that we've started doing over the past year or so. And then, uh, yeah. Sprint car midget slash speed sport, you know, the, uh, the websites there. Um, I'm trying to, trying to remain as active on there as possible to, to keep, to keep some eyes on us for people like you out East who it's, it's a little tougher to stay up and watch the racing on, on flow and dirt vision and whatnot. So maybe, maybe a few extra stories on there will help out some weekly content. So yeah, those couple places, I occasionally have written a few stories for Dirt Empire magazine as well, that newer magazine that started up, I think, toward the beginning of last year or the end of the year before or something like that. Um, and yeah, those are the, the three main places. And then other than that, I'm just tweeting about random stats and stuff I find out. <laughs> I love it. Well, Alex Neaton, thanks for the time today, dude, and uh, enjoy the Outlaw shows this weekend. Oh, absolutely will do. Thanks, Ben. That'll wrap it up for this episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations. Appreciate everybody that tunes in uh, via the podcast or the YouTube channel uh, when we do these types of shows. Uh, if you want to find more, you can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.